Hi, I'm Nicole Satimi, a manual osteopath and massage therapist here on the One Body Wellness Podcast, where I throw condensed doses of health info at you. As well, I share the mic with humans experiencing their own health concerns and trauma and the impact it has on the human spirit to show us just how resilient we truly are, reminding you to inhale, exhale, and find peace in your one body wherever you are. practices acupuncture and manual osteopath in Ontario, Canada. I am doing a quick dose episode today on frozen shoulder or adhesive capsulitis. I totally understand that this isn't an interesting topic for many of you, but if you've ever had any frozen shoulder or shoulder problems, you will respect how complex the shoulder joint is based on even just listening to this 10 minute episode and how hard it can be to work through the healing process of a shoulder injury. So skip right over this episode if you don't care about learning more about your two shoulders today. Um, Or kick your feet up and tune into what I have to say about frozen shoulder or adhesive capsulitis if you want to sound smart from an osteopathic perspective. So let's get started by talking about the synovial joints of the shoulder. First off, the glenohumeral joint. At joints in the body, this joint is the most movable because of the anatomical geniusness of our humerus or our arm bone and the glenoid fossa. The head of our arm bone can move in um, many various angles in this bony joint. So it being the most movable joint, it has a few drawbacks as well. Most of the support around this joint is from our rotator cuff muscles, which you might know as the infraspinatus, supraspinatus, subscapularis, and teres minor muscles. We rely very heavily on the efficiency and the health of these tendons and muscles to help protect and stabilize our shoulder. You may have heard someone who has a rotator cuff injury um, complain about immobility and pain. Very often, surgery is recommended depending on the age of the person suffering from a rotator cuff injury. This means that one of our, um, or multiple tendons of the shoulder have been injured in some way, preventing the proper movement of the glenohumeral joint and even other joints in the body or the shoulder. Soft tissue injuries of the shoulder are certainly no fun and can sometimes lead to even more long-term issues like frozen shoulder or adhesive capsulitis or bursitis or any of the itises. (laughs) We can get into more detail about the other two synovial joints of the shoulder, but I won't today. We also have functional joints and accessory joints of the shoulder, if you can believe it. So once again, I will reiterate the complexities of these amazing joints in our body. I will quickly mention the supra, uh, the suprahumeral joint, sorry, because we may see a lot of impingement in this one. This is where our coracromial, coracromial arch intersects with the humerus, and it's normally where you abduct the arm or lift it away from you, where you might feel pain or impingement. People who have internally rotated posture or slouch shoulders are more likely to develop bursitis or tendonitis in this area. Clinically, when someone comes in wanting to adjust neck, back, and shoulder discomfort, I normally put them through a full range of motion assessment of their shoulder and thoracic spine and their neck um, after I've determined that there's somatic dysfunction. So I've mentioned what somatic dysfunction is. It's looking for tenderness, asymmetries, restriction in range of motion, and temperature changes. 
Looking at how your shoulder blade moves in relation to the humerus, I would compare both sides. I will take it further to even dermatome testing, muscle strength testing, and nerve testing. Um, and when working with a client, it's important to determine the source of the problem because it will make sure we are on the right track with treatment plan. Normally, someone will come to me after seeing their medical doctor and have a good idea of what is going on in their shoulder by the time they make it to my clinic. But very often, an assessment is still really indicated to give me a sense of what, what um, you know, you're specifically dealing with. Um, is it the joint itself or the structures around it causing the pain and immobility? We could have arthritis, bursitis, tendonitis. Um, and like I mentioned before, tendonitis is one of our rotator cuff muscles. Um, in you know, If we have tendonitis in one of our rotator cuff muscles, that can cause pain too. Frozen shoulder seems to be a blanket term often used to describe shoulder immobility, but there are so many reasons why your shoulder might not be working in an optimal way. Adhesive capsulitis is what is very often described as frozen shoulder, and it shows up clinically when someone has pain in their shoulder that gets worse over time. The reason for frozen shoulder is a term you might have heard before is because it takes a long time for someone to recover from this, and normally they are unable to move their arm. Adhesive capsulitis is where the shoulder capsule actually adheres to the head of our arm bone, the humerus. Often it's considered idiopathic in the medical world, meaning it just arises spontaneously, or it's due to a secondary condition like an autoimmune or endocrine disorder. Some things will leave us more predisposed to the onset of adhesive capsulitis, like diabetes, hyperthyroidism, and rheumatoid arthritis, and also trauma. There are a few stages, actually three stages of adhesive capsulitis. And the first is the painful stage where there's pain with movement and increasing pain at night and even at rest. This, this can last for a number of months in this first painful stage. And then there's the adhesive stage where there's less pain, but increasing stiffness and restriction. So you have less pain, but you're unable to move your arm more and more. And then there's the recovery stage where there's decreased pain, but a slow, gradual return to movement. And slow and gradual is the key here. It can be really, really discouraging to have frozen shoulder because it can last for a number of months, even one to three years. So yeah, adhesive capsulitis affects 3% of the population, mostly in women in their 50s, but it's also been seen in kids before. Um, in the end, I'm treating the person, not the condition. I'm careful not to always follow the pain and stay focused with my hands during treatment. That's really important. My hands do the listening. My brain does the thinking. <laughs> Painful manual therapy treatments are not indicated and can make this condition worse. So don't go for a deep tissue massage. If you have adhesive capsulitis and are looking for things to help you gain full mobility back, reach out to a manual osteopath in your area or another healthcare provider has worked with this condition before because you do not need to do this alone. Thank you for tuning in to the One Body Wellness Podcast. If you have a specific health concern you'd like me to address or you want to be a guest on my show, email me at nicole at onebodywellness.ca. Once again, I'm reminding you to inhale, exhale, and find peace in your one body wherever you are.